Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, here's another episode. This one I got Dr. Brock Martin from Tennessee. We're going to actually dive into really transforming your practice. He's an interesting story where we will dive into what his uh, 2019 looked like, uh, what the seven years leading up to 2019 looked like, and then how his practice has just exponentially grown, uh, tripled, and I think even maybe quadrupled uh, since 2019. And obviously a lot of that through a pandemic, and he's in a, in a small town as well. And so we're going to dive into some of the things that um, have transpired to allow for that to happen. And I want you to just start getting your mindset, you know, wrapped around the idea that you don't have to be struggling, right? It doesn't have to be like that. And it was like that for Brock for, for seven, eight years before he got his mindset right. And this isn't going to be any type of motivational woo-woo uh, type of episode. We're going to really dive into actual things, but there is a mindset component. And, you know, I do talk to a lot of chiropractors and I think too many of us limit us to what we think we can make. Um, and at the same time, being patient first, patient centered and, and providing a great clinical experience. And I think we need to start changing our mindset on that and realizing we deserve to uh, make a really good living and enjoy it, right? And it's not about driving a Lamborghini, but it's about being able to provide for your family, uh, for your community, for your team, right? The more revenue that comes in, the more people you can hire in your community, the more you can pay them, the better uh, everything really works, right? So we dive into that today. Um, before we do, I do want to make mention uh, we are hosting in Boca Raton, Florida, in our clinic, uh, SFMA Level 1 with Josh Satterley. And we, I think I've mentioned it before, our practice is hosting different certifications um, four to six throughout the year. And we're excited to have Josh Satterley come down and, and teach the uh, January 2nd, 23rd of 2022 SFMA level one uh, that particular weekend we're actually having our uh, mastermind group of 15 of us down here so be coordinated I won't be at the uh, SFMA workshop but uh, we've already got a nice attendance so make sure you sign up because it is limited okay and you can go to the you know the, the basic functionalmovement.com website and look at the events and, and search for Boca Raton but uh, the good news is uh, we're down in Florida, South Florida, January, weather is typically 70, 75 degrees. Um, you don't have to worry about any type of um, restrictions or shutdown because of COVID in Florida. Nothing like that is happening down here. Um, so do your thing. Come down, enjoy it, and learn. Uh, I've seen Josh teach in, in person and he does great. And so I highly recommend you sign up for that. Just go to Functional Movement. Dot com. Look for the events and uh, sign up, and hopefully we see you here. Here's my episode with Dr. Brock Martin. 
All right. Welcome to the show, Brock. I really appreciate your time today. I'm looking forward to uh, kind of continuing a conversation you and I had in person in Atlanta a couple months ago. And uh, we're going to dive into a couple of different things, but one is your your transformation over the last couple of years in your practice, and then uh, your thoughts on on chiropractors investing in themselves and their team. And, and we'll you know we'll take it a few different directions from there. But before we do that, uh, tell us about yourself personally and professionally, and we'll we'll dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, thanking you. Thank you, Kevin, for getting me on here today. I've been a big fan, big follower of your group um, and what all you've done. So thank you for giving a voice, especially to chiropractors all across the country, but then also leading by example with your marketing and your, your ethical way of marketing. So we appreciate that. Uh, I practice in Huntington, Tennessee. My wife and I are both 2010 graduates of Logan. I attended a university, Bethel University for undergrad, and then we met in school. Uh, we practice in rural Tennessee. And when I say rural, I know you've taught rural before 100,000. Um, we have 4,500 people in a red light. Rural Tennessee. Uh, we're in a community where I could have a retiree in a Mercedes Benz parked next to one of my patients who was just in the Olympics, parked next to an Amish individual whose horse is parked to a light pole. So to say that we're the heartbeat of America, that's really what our practice is. Um, and I think a lot of the listeners could probably relate to that. Actually, do you mind? Do you mind if I interrupt you really quick? Um, yeah, that'd be I've, great. I've got another client that I coach in in rural Tennessee, definitely a different part. Uh, but he had a question for me, and I I felt like I gave a pretty good answer. But he's been practicing for a couple of years now, and he asked me. He's like, he's like, Kevin, I'm I'm in such a small town. Am I am I going to run out of new patients, and then and is my practice going to fall off? Uh, could you just answer that for me real quick? And obviously <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know the answer, but to hear it from the horse's yeah, mouth would be great. Yeah, no, that's an in-depth question and one that we're bouncing around in our head. Cause as you start growing rapidly, you start thinking, man, we're going to hit a wall. Um, but that's where we're looking at diversifying and, you know, there's enough of the abundance mindset. Well, I'll get into mindset in a little bit. We changed yep. that in my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, of thinking we're not going to run out. We're going to continue yep. to expand and bring in services that the patients need. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll keep patients coming in the door. Perfect. So we'll, we'll definitely be diving into that. Uh, I had to just get it out make sure I didn't forget this. Yeah. So, um, no, that's a right. great point. Cause I've, I've worried about that in small towns, you know, you, mm-hmm. you hit a limit sometimes or you think you will, if yeah. you didn't have the right mindset of what you're doing and progressing. So definitely. definitely. Um, and so your wife and, and you are practicing there. How long, how long yeah. you been there since like two, right out of school? Uh, I did an IC for a year and mm-hmm. then Krista was an associate for a year. So mm-hmm. we then I started our practice in 2012. I worked by myself for a year until we got married. Um, right. And that's kind of where our story started and where mm-hmm. it really took off was 2012 through 2019 um, right. was kind of that lull moment where we mm-hmm. were just in that rut that we'll get into. Yeah, for sure. And then um, are you from that region originally, that area? Uh, yeah, I'm from about 20 minutes east of where I'm at of our community. And then Krista is from Northern Indiana. She's a, gotcha. a Yankee that I convinced to come South. So yeah. that works out perfectly though, because so, the unique dynamic. In that so regard. is Northern, yeah. Is Northern Indiana, not a Hoosier or is that just, uh, Southern she is Indiana? a, she's a Hoosier, but she's a Purdue girl. So I can't oh, okay. say, you know, Purdue is her heart and soul. So we have to be <laughs> boiler ups in our household. We've taught our five-year-old the, mm. the boiler chant much more than the Hoosier side. There but, you go. That dynamic and especially husband and wife works out well because I'm a pushover and a lot mm-hmm. of our issues on the front end of practice were because I was a pushover. Yep. And I had Krista who was kind of the backbone 
to push along. She's the one yeah. at the time could call an insurance and make sure we got paid because she mm -hmm. had the personality that could get it done when I was just like, hey, it's fine. We'll let it slide. Perfect. Um, so you needed that dynamic for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then tell us a little bit about, I know you've done more than just your, your practice. You've been involved with the state of Tennessee chiropractic yeah. uh, dive into that a little bit. Um, so from day one, I was a big believer in jumping in and being a part of association. That was just what I did when I graduated in 2010. And then 2012, I got involved in our state board, uh, board of chiropractors. Mm -hmm. uh, the association has been life changing for me because I've seen firsthand how much they do. And I also learned that if you didn't have the right people around that table, the wrong people were constantly going to lead. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of took that on as a personal agenda item was mm -hmm. we got to have these young people on there and then just making small changes. We didn't do anything yeah. crazy, but just getting involved. Um, and then I'm huge in our community. I, I've mm -hmm. given back from day one. Uh, I understood how to do that better than I did be a chiropractor or be mm -hmm. a businessman. I knew how to do the, the interaction with your community. So I served on all kinds of boards. One of the cooler ones I'm doing right now is on a local university. I'm a board of trustee member for a university where we oversee $200 million budget. Um, so I'm seeing things in a different light than mm -hmm. chiropractors do often. And we're, I'm, my goal is to get chiropractors on as many different positions, plateaus and, um, or pedestals as we can, because that elevates everybody in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. I had a coaching call with one of my clients this morning. He preceptor with you. Um, I won't mention his name because I don't, I didn't get permission, but, um, I was like, oh yeah, I've got, you know, Brock on uh, later on, we're interviewing him talking about it. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, he's super involved in the community. That was one of the biggest things I, I definitely noticed when I was there and stuff. So, yeah. Um, and I'll probably mention him in a little bit if it's the one I'm thinking about. That's cool. So you can, if you do. He's part of our story as we grew and developed. Yeah. So perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah we'll man, that. That's kind of where we're at. Then we have a five-year-old as well. He's our life. If you, if you know about children, yeah. um, we can be in power ranger mode, football mode, basketball, baseball, and soccer all within a five minute window. Yeah. So if I'm not in the office, I'm typically there with him doing something crazy, but you know, that, that helps keep us sane as well. Yeah. You know, it's been interesting. Cause I, uh, you know, I've got a 20, 20 month old now boy, uh, Brandon, and then we've got another boy on the way in, in February. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I had kids later in life and it's just, it's interesting how that changes, right? Like I have to, turn on dad mode a lot more often and it's fun, but it also, you know, when you get your practice rolling in a certain way and you do it the right way, it, it does give you a little bit of a sense of freedom to be more present with them. Um, obviously if you're not careful, you'll be dragged into the practice more often than that. So yeah. I'm sure it's an interesting exactly. tug of war. So, all right, perfect. Um, I want to, I want to kind of frame the, the story a little bit, you know, you and I were, uh, we've chatted online and then we, uh, we were able to have lunch or a short lunch together in Atlanta at the Scheduling Institute's Culture Fest. And, uh, you know, a great event. <clears throat> and you and I were, were chatting and, and you made mention of kind of the transformation that you and your wife had through the practice. Uh, and you, you kind of briefly mentioned it, 2012, 2019, kind of just, you know, humming along, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and then this past October, I know was quite a, quite a year for you. So can you, can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, man. Um, I think the story really from 2012 to 2019 is probably going to be very familiar to most, most of your audience. If they open their own practice, I opened it not knowing a thing of what I was going to do. Um, I knew how to be a chiropractor and that was it. And I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know anything about capital or financing. And I took as small of a loan as possible. 
hired my sister for beer money and pizza money is what I paid her on. That's all I could do. So for she was my front desk, everything for three or four months. So we literally spent three or four years there. Once Krista came in in 2013, um, very minimal. You know, we, yeah. we, I think, collected 150 grand a year. I'll be honest with you around there. Something minimal for mm-hmm. not going to survive on, not going to get to the level that we need to, um, to be sustainable. Yeah. But we were providing good quality chiropractic service, mm-hmm. just not creating longevity or anything that would have been worthwhile that, you know, to go into office and it was just kind of dead, kind of not really wanting to be there. Um, mm-hmm. Especially five years in, you almost had a burnout sensation. Like, is this mm-hmm. the best it's going to be? And in a small town, you didn't need a lot of money or, you know, it wasn't for mm-hmm. that. It was just, we were showing up, doing our daily routine and going home. Um, and it felt like we were missing something, you know, there was yeah. something there that there was deeper that could be accomplished and we were missing the boat. You know, I had a poverty complex. I, I think yeah. a bigger part of that was in rural communities, I would see somebody's insurance or whatever mm-hmm. before I went in to see them. And that was in my mind. Like, yeah. Oh man, they're going to pay $45 or whatever the number was. And I was dictating care based on what I thought mm-hmm. they might say back to me, which was crazy. I was the biggest hindrance to myself at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't ready to admit it, obviously. I, mm-hmm. You know, from the small town, we had a perception to hold up people respected us which was great which mm-hmm. part of the transformation the last three years is because we built that and that relationship with our community where they respected us um, the mds were sending us patients you know we were doing those things correctly using cower up those guys came in and mm-hmm. they changed our life on the good and that that regard back then in 15 16 range so we were doing a lot of what normal chiropractors were doing but we were the issue you know mm-hmm. I, I see it now i was the biggest burden it wasn't insurance companies or anything else. It was Krista and I. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you don't, you can, you can give us what you want as far as, um, you know, clarity on the growth, but I know you, you kind of mentioned October of 2019 versus October of 2021. What did that growth look like in that two yeah. period of time? And obviously we all know 2020 was a weird year. So yeah, um, 2020 was super weird. So yeah. one other caveat between there and beginning of 19, Krista's father had passed away and he was kind of the the man that we went to for all business stuff he was a farmer up in indiana just one of those farmers that knows everything so we always Mm -hmm. leaned on him he passed away from cancer and that rocked our world it rocked krista she was done with practice she was going to just retire and Mm -hmm. i was just going to survive um and we were heading you know to to just devastation you had um through adversity comes opportunity Mm -hmm. and we were in that position where we were in the middle of adversity and we could either jump on the opportunity or let it fall. And that's yeah. the same time a friend reached out about um, at the scheduling Institute, which mm-hmm. was just a, a coaching group that we went to listen to. And for the first time in five years, when I went down there, they laid out the last five years of our life. And yeah. we saw that we had a two or 3% growth every year for five mm-hmm. years or whatever it was. We had never done that as business owners. We never mm-hmm. looked at the numbers. We never tracked anything. Um, so that started to change our transformation. For the first time, it put it back on Krista and I. Yeah. We were the only people that could blame when we look back on that. Mm-hmm. So between that 19 and especially 21, um, the number of growth has just been astronomical. But it, it went up collections-wise 147% in one year. And that was through mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. Um, and then this year alone, last year, 2020 was our best year ever. But this year, we're up 87% and collections over that number over 2020 mm-hmm. yeah. um which is crazy to to think about and most of that was 
Krista and I getting out of the way, yeah. letting ourselves allow the team to delegate and run more of the show, yeah. um, which we, we, we dove into on that aspect. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on something you, you kind of mentioned earlier. I had a conversation with a chiropractor recently and actually a few of them, but I, I asked the question simply, it's like, if you went to your uh, veterinarian or you went to your dentist and it was a, you know, 500 square foot office with no front desk and it wasn't that nice. And it just was you and you were checking in, in and out people in and out taking payments and doing all that. How would you feel about that? Like if you went to your veterinarian or, or dentist, right? You probably wouldn't feel so great about that, right? Exactly. And in, in our profession as chiropractors, on, on one hand, there's this like blessing and a curse. Um, since we really only need a table in our hands, we can, uh, you know, technically get away with that and, and do that. But if, we, if we're stuck in that, too long, it really hinders the type of growth that that a, that a physician is is looking for, or even a small business is looking for. And so, typically, you know, your your veterinarian, your dentist, and some of these other types of, of doctors, they put out a big capital investment to open up a practice. Obviously, they take out a loan typically, and all that. Um, I do understand it. It can be easier for those professions to get a loan and and to pay that loan down. And I understand that, but they take that leap of faith and that dead on to open up a fully involved practice. And then, you know, not with everybody they're ever going to have as far as team members and equipment and space, but it's a fully functional, let's call it 1500 square feet with a front desk, with this, with an assistant, that type of stuff. And I just find that a lot of chiropractors aren't willing to uh, really make that capital uh, expenditure at some point. And they, and this drags out for year after year after year. Is that something that you found yourself uh, falling into and then finally flipped the switch on that? Yes. hundred percent. Um, I was playing small ball, trying yeah. to live a big life. You know, that's, that's kind of yeah. way I looked at it was I didn't want to spend money and I didn't understand that sometimes you have to spend money to make money. Yeah. And I didn't understand that concept. I didn't know business principles. I didn't understand. That's how every business you ever study works. They build capital. They use that capital though for smart ROIs. You know, they're not just getting capital to invest in something that's not going to bring the money back. They're investing in a coaching group or they're investing in a instrument that's going to return money back to them or in our regard, investing back into your team, um, which is where we found really one of the secret sauces. And the whole thing was putting money back into those back into the greatest expense that you have is your payroll, yeah. but it's your greatest asset if you utilize it properly. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the switch for Krista and I was, man, that we're missing a link here um, by not investing properly there yeah. and then not building a company approach, you know, like yeah. in, our, in our chiropractic, we are very small in that regard as far as yeah. usually it's a front desk, doctor, maybe sometimes it's just a doctor and we're just doing the best we can. And you, you know, that some people just can't get loans. We're not as marketable as some of the big dental groups. Um, but I always have fall back on the networking and the people you meet. That's why that is so important on the front end. I made those relationships early so I could go and get money. Even though we didn't have much, I could go and get money because I knew the bankers. I, they knew at my heart where my service was, um, which allowed us to grow when we needed to. So that, you know, that we play that small ball so frequently in our profession. Yeah. And that's what's helped me with a group like SI. And it could be any coaching group. When you're in those mm -hmm. dental groups, those guys, 
their numbers are a lot bigger than ours, yeah. but they're running businesses. That's all they're doing. They're running a company mm-hmm. to where it's not self-dependent just on them being the sole producer of everything. Yep. And Chris and, and I were that to begin with. That's a key distinction. You know, and you talked about like every business usually has to have investments on it. And sometimes they don't have an ROI for a long time, but they know they are. Like I always laugh. There's that video of someone, let's call it 60 minutes. I don't know if it's 60 minutes, but they were interviewing Jeff Bezos like in 1999. And and if it's hard for people to, especially that are maybe not my age, I'm, I'm 42. So I remember it all happening in the nineties and two thousands, but it's hard to imagine a time when Amazon was in the red every year. And the guy was asking him kind of like condescendingly, he's like, well, at what point are you going to sh- turn a profit? You know, and yeah. I'm like, kind of asking these questions and Bezos had these like perfect, just short answers of like what his plan was. And they were just investing and investing and investing that money in there because they knew it was going to become what it obviously became. And so exactly. sometimes- Yes. Obviously that's an extreme example. We're, we're not Amazon, but you get the point where uh, there is an investment that is needed to then see the transformation of a, of a business happen. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's one of the key components is Bezos knew the value he was going to create for his customer from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody else around him believed it, but he knew the value. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that Chris and I have learned is how to create value is where the secret of growing has been for us. We create more than just the adjustment experience. You know, we know what we do clinically is going to help them, but we've utilized the team to create an experience when that patient walks in. It's creating more of that value, which has returned, allowed them to go and tell more people and to be more of a voice for us than we ever dreamed possible. Yeah, exactly. So let's, let's touch on that a little bit. You know, we, we have the transformation. I want to I want to touch on it from two perspectives right now. And one is you said you had to change yourselves. And so I want, I want you to speak to that a little bit more. And then we're going to go on to how you invested in your team, not like from the financial standpoint, but like, who did you hire or was there training or, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like what's the new patient experience look like compared to it did, you know, three years ago, but let's first start about how you kind of had to change your own mindset on things. Yeah, no, I think that, that was the key. You know, we we had that poverty complex. And yeah. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, where in small town, I I'm, I can't make money. I've got to, yeah. you know, nobody, none mm-hmm. of our patients have money. We can't look that part. Um, I had to get myself out of the way because one thing that my passion is serving people, and it's always mm-hmm. been that in whatever regard. And what I found myself doing was blocking myself from doing what I was called to do. You know, mm-hmm. chiropractic's the avenue. I, I tell our team this all the time. Um, we're here to serve people. Chiropractic just happens to be the vessel that we've been chosen to do it in. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other avenues that you can serve. But while we're in this office, that's all we're doing is serving and helping other people. So I had to change that. I had to switch that flip or flip the switch to an mm-hmm. abundance mindset. And mm-hmm. once you started thinking there's enough patients to go around, there's enough money to come in the door with the heart of giving. It's mm-hmm. going to continue to circle. And what we did was the more we made, the more we started giving away. Because we were giving away when I wasn't making money. I was giving to everything that walked in the door. Uh, mm-hmm. We're more strategic now in how we give. Yeah. But we were giving. And that was part of the big picture was we had to learn to create this growth mindset um, to not limit us. But as we built growth mindset, the team felt it. And the yeah. energy flipped in the team. The team became engaged. The team became driven and goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the owners switched, switched their thought process. 
um, I started studying successful businesses mm-hmm. during that period. And I don't know why I never really thought about it before, but I, I've got a quote from Disney that I looked at. They, they, you know, Disney is the happiest place on earth. Everybody loves Disney. It's expensive as heck, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you got kids, you go to Disney. Uh, but one of the cool things about theirs, they did a survey and it talked about, you know, why people come back and it had nothing to do with the rides or the characters. It was strictly how the park made them feel. Yeah. And that in my mind was like, man, there's, there's a switch there. There's mm-hmm. how you make the patient feel is just as important as them getting out of pain. Yep. You know, that connection with them was so important. And then I went into uh, the Chick-fil-A mindset. We're mm-hmm. in the South. Chick-fil-A is king. So I studied Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. I was like, what does Chick-fil-A do? Mm-hmm. And Chick-fil-A was the same way. They want you to spend $8, but have an experience that felt like you spent 20, mm-hmm. you know, so they're getting that experience and that value into you where you think, man, that was worth every bit of $8. Mm-hmm. And then you go to McDonald's and you get an $8 sandwich and you feel like a $3 experience. Yeah. 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 So I brought that mindset back to our team of let's go that extra mile, that Chick-fil-A extra miles. What mm-hmm. we, we talked about it in the office to where, yeah, we're going to produce the best chiropractic treatment, mm-hmm. but what can we do outside of that that would invite patients to be a referral source for you, mm-hmm. want to send their friends, want to go and tell somebody down the street. Um, Cause you know, they, they will tell all the time that, they had a bad experience. Yeah. They won't ever say that they had a great adjustment or their mm-hmm. back feels better, but they'll tell them all day long though, that they went to see Dr. Brock and Dr. Krista and there was just something different. There was an energy in that vibe. They gave me a, a small gift. They mm-hmm. had my name on the board out front. Some, you know, little things like that start to make a difference in their world. And um, we started seeing that happen. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I, I think, um, I think, inherently, and I've, I've mentioned this before, a lot of chiropractors and doctors in general, they think business is a dirty word, right? They think money is a dirty word. They, they just want to be a clinician and, and not worry about those things. Um, but you can be a great clinician and have a great business. And like you said, all you're doing is serving people and you're making their experience better that's the business you're doing. And then, yeah, behind the scenes, you're looking at your five-year analytics and you're making decisions strategically with that. And so there's nothing wrong with that, but you're never losing, you know, sight of the fact that your practice and both of you doctors in your practice, is it just you two now? Is there an associate or? No, we, we brought an associate in January. Perfect. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. That was the change too, though, because last year I never dreamed especially 2019. I, I can't bring an associate. I can't yeah. pay her the amount that she deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started switched our mindset from Brock and Krista yep. centered to patient centered. And yeah. we were closed a couple hours a day or closed mm-hmm. on Thursday. And I was like, we're missing out on opportunity. Yeah. And our Dr. Shelley is in our office. She's phenomenal. And yeah. that's been the most empowering thing for me was I brought mm-hmm. her in. I was the doctor. You know, I, I felt like I, Everybody loves Brock. Nobody's you know, going to go to Shelly. Yeah. Shelly comes in the first time I'm gone and she treats, I don't know, 25, 30 patients that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I come back on Friday and they're like, doc, that, she's actually better than you. Yeah. You know, that was the most humbling, but also empowering feeling. Cause I mm-hmm. can step away from something that we built and this yeah. machine keeps running now. Yeah. Um, we're starting to add pieces in place and the machine, just like every business, man, it keeps running. Mm-hmm. We have to look at our profession or our offices as a business. You know, mm-hmm. we can't be the sole proprietors, the sole production mm-hmm. person from 25 years old to 65, like we used to, or you can, but you're yeah. going to be burned out through that series. Um, yeah. So, 
It's exactly right. And you are, like you said, you're patient centered as a, as a practice and as a doctors and the team members. And so you're, you're doing it the right way. Obviously there's been a lot of people in our profession have done it the wrong way. We know that. And, and they're, they're doctor centered to the point where they, everything they do is only geared around how much money can come in. And that's what they look at. You're, you're just flipping a switch on it and you're just saying, okay, we're going to give as much as we can. We're going to make it about them as much as we can. All that's going to come. The money will come fine. And then we'll be able to reinvest even more in our team and our patients. Yeah. And, and then more will come. And then, you know, it's just, it's just a byproduct, right? All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five seo secrets to owning the first page of google uh, without buying ads and darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. It's a byproduct, man. And yeah. in you create value for a, a person and they exchange that for a money value. Yeah. That's all you're doing. The greatest, most wealthy people in the world create value that exceeds, um, mm -hmm what the people pay them. I and mean, it just continues to build and build and build. It's not like they're evil or they've done anything mm -hmm. bad. That's just the, that's business principles. The yeah. value comes in and that's where as a team, it was hard because I had that poverty complex. I was like, yeah. I can't let money start coming in and my team not understand what the vision and goal is. So mm -hmm. we set them down and we created an impact diagram. Mm -hmm. um, this was an SI idea too, but it came up with an impact diagram where it's, the Southern chiropractic way is what we do every day and spinoffs are that are where we want to invest. It's community, it's faith, it's family. Um, and that got our team seeing differently too. They got them seeing that, yeah, every dollar that comes in, Brock and Chris are going to give a lot of that right back to our community. They're going to invest in their lives. We're investing in our team. We're investing in um, their kids. Mm -hmm. So they on become more engaged and more on board of the big picture, big process. And that's been huge. Just last week, we were about to hit our busiest week ever in visits, um, which is a crazy thought process because mm -hmm. I, I was in the mindset of, oh man, we're never going to hit a certain number. It doesn't matter the number, but you start hitting these numbers consecutively and you're like, this was easy. We're serving more people. They're mm -hmm. getting better. They're telling more people faster. Yeah. And we're still treating them within eight or 10 visits of a normal treatment plan. Yeah. And it's just an abundance of patients keep showing up. Mm -hmm. But even last week, so we're like three or four patients away and our team, they start then challenging me. They start saying, mm -hmm. we got to hit that number, Brock. Well, we got to get to the goal. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know what number. I knew what we need to have the best ever, but they wanted to hit the highest we could possibly get. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, at 530, you know, on a Friday night, two patients happen to randomly walk in. And a lot of that's because the team was just putting that in the, the energy, you know, they're putting yeah. that vibe out there in my mind of these people want to come in. And sure enough, the last one came in was one of those dying and pain patients. And he mm -hmm. gets up and he's just 
ecstatic talking about how great he feels and he's able to have a great weekend. And um, I mean, that, that's what we do while we do what we do for sure. Is that that's the money is just a byproduct. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So let, I want to dive into now the team part of it. So we, we, we kind of, you know, got the clearing for you and, you know, and, and, and some of that poverty mindset like that. Now, what have you done with your team? I, I want to, I want to hear everything from like, okay, we had to hire new people. We had to change yeah. out some people. We just had to train people better. We had to, like, give me some of that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, we had just one person came in in 15. She's still here today. She's been with us six years. So she's kind of our rock. Actually, mm-hmm. she was, she sent a resume in and we thought she sent it to the wrong place because she was that good. I was like, mm-hmm. she's, she doesn't want to work here. Um, <laughs> but she's been with us the six years. We've mm-hmm. had others that fluctuated during that 15 to 19 range. Yeah. Ever since then, we've had very small turnover because mm-hmm. we've gotten better at hiring the right people to begin with. And then once they're on our team, we work to put them on the right seat on the bus. Yeah. If that makes sense. That, that, that's mm-hmm. been key is get the right people in. Doesn't necessarily mean they're fit for answering the phones or being clinical coordinators, but they're the right fit for our culture. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were looking for was bringing the right culture people um, and then find the place for them. And we've been doing that. I feel like exceptionally well, because it's really improved in that regard um, where the people that we bring in, we then ask them, we sit them down three years. What do you want your salary to be? Mm-hmm. What do you want your ideal role to be? And then Chris and I commit to working to get them to that position. So the girl that's been here six years, she's now our full on marketing director. This is our first year we've ever had that. And she's strictly doing marketing for our office. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a clinical care coordinator where she handles all oversees all the, the visit day-to-day visits, make sure everybody's doing that. We have front desk that answers the phone. Um, we have another chiropractic assistant that kind of floats. She does x-rays. She does all that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Krista, I, and Dr. Shelley. And then in October, I brought in who is now our chief financial officer. Okay. So, you know, we weren't really ready for that, but the yep. right person came in. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a mindset in our office. We're always hiring. Yeah. So we tell our patient, our, our team, I was like, you're out at a restaurant. You're out, mm-hmm. uh, your friends. You know, somebody that fits our culture. Mm-hmm. Let me know about them. And this one happened to be an existing patient. And then she was an accountant during COVID. She had to start working from home. She wanted to get back out. And I was like, man, she'd be phenomenal. And she is thriving. What that's done is allow us to delegate even more and let the doctors be producers. That's yeah. what we're doing. That's Krista, I, and Shelly make the money in the clinic. That's really our, our driving force. Yeah. But the more we could delegate to these mm-hmm. individuals and then incentivize them on their role. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to be our greatest expense. So how do we incentivize and leverage them to be your greatest asset on the back end? Yeah. Uh, and that's where we're dialing in. That's a work in progress, but come, a lot of that comes back to the culture. You know, we talked about culture fest, how that was. I spent a lot of money to take my whole team out there. A lot of money. It was, I told them, I, I told them straight up. I was like, look, I'm spending $12,000 hotels and everything to take yeah. y'all there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm investing that into you guys, but I want you guys to come back and then utilize what we learned, but I wanted to do it not just for my business, but for y'all personally, I want y'all to take what you, what you learn back to your family, back to your kids. Um, I really try to preach that to them that Chris and I are here for, you know, I've got nine employees now, but 24 family members. So I'm responsible for all of them, in my opinion, you know, I'm responsible for that kid who wants his new pair of shoes. It's I'm going to have to earn that to his mom will then make the money that can buy it. So I want them to see that picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where culture is so valuable. And we came back from that. Our team's been on fire since then. They have, they broke down some barriers. We had some Mm -hmm. couple people that didn't think they liked each other. So we put them in the same room. You know what happened? They got down there and 
uh, one of the girls was like, why don't you like me? She's like, I thought you didn't like me. And literally <laughs> it just solved everything. And now yeah. they have the best, but it was like a weird vibe. And yeah. um, you don't have to spend $12,000 to do that. But it was, to me, it was worth every penny because mm-hmm. it created just this unique environment where we can be vulnerable with each other mm-hmm. now in the office. And it's, it's a work family, but we're all working towards a bigger cause of serving Huntington and Carroll County and our community. So and it makes a, it makes it, for a fun place to go to work, right? For everybody. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. That, that's the best part. We walk, yeah. walk into work every day. I let them choose the leader chooses the music that day, whatever they feel like yeah. um, the experience of the patient. I know you mentioned that a minute ago. Mm-hmm. So like a patient, something easy that we did, we just write a new patient name on our chalkboard, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. new paint, welcome Kevin or whatever up front. We get more selfies just off that board, which then goes to Facebook, which yeah. then spreads everywhere. And that's free. You know, that, yeah. that costs us nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we turn it on. We, we do. As soon as they cross that threshold, they are the most important person in that office mm-hmm. at that moment. Yeah. And I want our team to think that. And it goes through a tour of the office where we're talking about other avenues. We have we do acupuncture in-house. We mm-hmm. have a class four laser. Um, and those were additional services we weren't maximizing three or four years ago, but now that, you know, we're utilizing and maximizing because the value is there and the patients are asking for it. Brock was refusing to give them what they need. I wasn't (laughs) listening to the patient. I wasn't giving them what they need. And when you give them what they need, they get better faster. They tell people more and you grow. It's, Mm -hmm. it's been crazy to see, but that's been the transformation on that. Who gives the tours in the office for the new patients? Is it the clinical care coordinator or the doctor? It is. Yeah, clinical care coordinator. So she bring, goes up as soon as a new patient comes in. Hey, Kevin, welcome to our office. I'll be the mm-hmm. first to welcome you. Brings them down the hall. There's a tour that we have set up. At least just introduces them to the clinic. Mm-hmm. She goes and takes the patient to the back. When they go back, there's a little card with their name on it. There's a small little letter from all three doctors signed. Just welcome them to the office and a little gift. Like right now, it's a coffee mug. Everybody gets a mug. It's got our logo on it. Mm-hmm. And now the process has started, you know, now every day I hear them tell that girl, I've never had that experience like this. Mm-hmm. Are you sure this is a doctor's office? What is this? It's not stale. You're not making me sit out in the waiting room. Like <laughs> our goal is to get them with their new patient. They're getting in as soon as we can. So they're getting in and sitting down for one. You never know what they might hear in the waiting room in the lobby That's or sure. you know, with another patient. Yeah. Um, but it gets them in, gets them seated. And then that experience starts. They offer them drink. You know, we want beverage, Coke, uh, water, juice something little, but they don't get that anywhere else. You know, those little things don't cost our office a whole lot. Um, and it's creating that vibe, that energy change of, um, I need to get back into some of that. We, we removed a few different things like that for COVID. Like we had a nice water display, whole thing, water bottles and all that. We moved that out. People didn't want to touch, you know, it's like all these different things, but it's time to get back into it. Yeah, man. I think, yeah. And 2022, I was listening to a podcast last night. They talked about, you know, we've lost experience. You know, the patient and the people, we've been locked up on Zoom calls. And 2022 is going to be the year where you bring back those experiences more than ever. Patients are going to thrive or just crave that. And if the offices that can do that are going to succeed and do well. Um, Because we're all pretty, there's some exceptional people. My buddy Jason Holm, I'll give him a shout out. And he's probably (laughs) listening. Those guys, Brett Winchester, they're Mm -hmm. upper echelon. The rest of the group is we're all pretty close to what we do. We're all pretty knowledgeable. we got to find ways to differentiate you from the competition or others. Um, in our office, we concentrate on just being the best office we can be, though. I don't care what the other chiropractic clinics are doing. Um, 
I refer to other chiropractors. I don't, mm-hmm. but that doesn't bother me. I want our team to be the best business, the best group individuals that we can be, because I've found that if we concentrate just on ourselves and not the mm-hmm. competition, you grow exponentially back to that abundance mindset. They, like the mm-hmm. rural Tennessee, there's enough to go around yeah. if you, if you stay focused on that. I want to touch on that a second, but one of the things that, that I got from what you've said today, which I, I want to make sure we highlight is that, um, and it goes back to the business being a dirty word thing, but ultimately what you've said and, and talked about is, is good business is actually providing a great experience. So that's how I think we as chiropractors need to reframe it. It's like, when we say you're good at business, it means you've done a great job of providing a great experience for the patient. It doesn't mean you're good at sales and, and sell upselling them on this, that, and the other thing. It doesn't mean you sold them on a 12 month care plan. It doesn't mean you're, you know, driving a Ferrari, like let's get that out of our mind and let's just say, Oh, he or she's a great clinician, but they're also really good at business. And when you say that, it's more about you just uh, know how to invest in your team. You know how to provide a great team experience, a great patient experience. And it's that Disney and Chick-fil-A type of thing. So I want to thank you for kind of make, connecting those yeah. dots for me even. Yeah, okay. yeah, so, man, that, that, that's the key. It's it's all that patient-centric aspect of it, you know, yeah. getting the, the doctor out and um, being okay with hmm the more value you provide, you're going to get more money. That's how the system works. Now your job is to not be that dude that spends it on ridiculousness, but reinvest in the people around that table, reinvest in your community, reinvest in yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where Chris and I have really over the first five years, we did none of that. We didn't invest in ourselves. We didn't invest in. And part of that was because coaching in our profession had a bad name during that oh, period. For sure. I mean, you guys weren't around. If I would have had somebody like y'all five <laughs> years ago, that well, where you are now, but especially like mm-hmm. five years ago, Krista worked in another office that was with another management group and they were telling them how to treat and how to, I mean, I was like, I don't want to know clinical. I know clinical. I want to know how to run a business yeah. and how to make my team around me better people. Mm-hmm. And then in re- return, we're going to just give an incredible experience and um, growth to our community in regard yeah, and, a lot of the past practice management groups got bad reputations because they, you know, it was like, it was trying to play verbal gymnastics with patients and, you know, convince them of this, that, and the other thing, a lot of things that were definitely nefarious or not ideal. Um, and this isn't about that. I think sometimes the evidence-based or evidence-informed chiropractor has this feeling of like, well, if I do all that kind of stuff for my patients, it's like putting lipstick on a pig and, and those chiropractors are trying to cover up a bad clinical. And it's like, nope, if you have the great clinical and you still provide a great experience, now it's just like the, the magic elixir that's going to take you um, to the, to the next level. So no, nowhere, nowhere in this episode, are we talking about like trying to cover up a bad product, right? Exactly. (laughs) The the product sells, man, that sells itself. But if to get to that next level of growth and the experience and our, our end now, everybody's different, Mm -hmm. but on our end, that that's been the missing or the missing myth link that we didn't have. Um, even additional services, like we, Jason Holm taught me into the laser. He was like, you got to get the laser, bro. I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, man, I I love you. I'll get it. We weren't (laughs) using it like we should. Yeah. And patients were having to ask me about it yeah. because I was blocking myself. And then mm-hmm. I was like, this is ridiculous. They're asking for it. So we started adding it as additional service on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was patients were getting better faster. And yeah. when they get better faster, they tell more people, they have a better experience as well. Mm-hmm. And you're not selling them on anything. You're saying, this is what the doctor recommends. Um, 
And that's another key that my team handles all the financials. Now I don't have yeah. to talk about that anymore. I used to be the guy that did all that. And that is awful. Don't be that guy. Don't it's, be, I, don't you're do having it. to do it. I had to do that. Yeah. I had to be that guy for a few years and it's terrible. Now I'm like, I don't know the price. Let them tell yeah. you they come in, they explain it to them. And, but we've created an environment where it's easier to say yes to those things too. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. the first five years we built a reputation where they knew we weren't going to screw them over. We weren't cheating them or mm -hmm. being fraudulent. So when Brock or Krista or Shelly recommend something, it's an easy yes. Cause their, their medical doctor sent them there a lot of times or their best friend sent them there. And, and it's up to us to hold that standard mm -hmm. um, of what they've been, what they've expected. So cool. Cool. Is there anything that, that, we didn't touch on that has really helped with this exponential growth over the last couple of years? Um, patient experience portion, and then the investing in yourself, you know, the coaching yeah. of any kind. Yeah. Let's talk so about, valuable. yeah. And let's talk about the sense of just in general, you know, we talk about a lot of chiropractors are afraid to invest in their, their team, their self, things of that nature. Um, speak to that a little bit if you can. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my, my, situation specifically I was I grew up my father was a basketball coach mm -hmm. and I played collegiate basketball so my whole life I've been coached you know mm -hmm. I've had somebody that was my accountability partner forever so I get into practice what made me think I didn't need somebody to guide me is beyond me yeah. or I know why it's because I was afraid to admit what I didn't know yeah. you know I was I was the biggest limiting factor mm -hmm. um so Chris and I when we we sat down with that group the SI group and they mm -hmm. they kind of talked about what coaching would look like it's just a natural fit I was like man mm -hmm. that's what we need we need somebody to hold us accountable um, invest in ourselves and in return that's going to build a better product for what we're trying to do and it all started with that commitment of you have to spend money to make money you know mm -hmm. I was the guy that go and try to read all your stuff for free and think man I can just learn from Kevin by reading all of his blogs mm -hmm. and I would try to implement it Mm -hmm. And you know, Napoleon Hill has the Think and Grow Rich book, yep. and he talks about specialized knowledge in there. And it's mm -hmm. stuff that you have to go and pay for to get from people that already know what it is, but they give you that specialized knowledge. And that's really what you're paying for in coaching is somebody that's been there before to just guide you and maximize that return by using what they tell you and actually doing it. That's part of the problem. I'm amazed yep. at some people that get coaching and they don't actually do what they're told to do, but yeah. You're going to invest money in yourself. Listen to them. They mm -hmm. know what they're talking about. Um, and that's, that's been a big game changer too, is that investing in our, ourselves and our team and um, coaching was key of that. So since you have had this growth over the last few years, have you, are you still in the same office space you were before? Or are you busting yeah. out of the seams? Are you moving? Are you we, we, um, one thing we do do is track everything yep. from new patient numbers, what it costs, all these different numbers go into it. Mm -hmm. We can, you can dial into that as deep as you want another time, but um, we're, we're at a point where we're, we're getting close to that maximizing our yep. office space now, which is fantastic. I already need another doctor for this summer. So I'm in the process of trying to where we're going to find that or we're going to mm -hmm. hire one. Um, but our growth mindset now is we're, we're thinking we, yesterday we had a, we called a clarity retreat. Our whole team got together. We took a day out of the office Um and we planned out 10 years where we're going to be. And the number is just crazy to me. And the best part, though, is I'm around a table of individuals who think it's not high enough mm -hmm. now because we've changed their mindset. And Brock, again, is hindering the team because I'm not getting out of the way. It's like, <laughs> let's go after that. Yeah. But we're going to have to adapt. So we're already looking at chiropractic. Um, we're looking at exercise physiologists to kind of help run the, mm -hmm. the rehab side of what we do. You know, we yeah. use cower up. So somebody that can come in and help do that, which would then take productivity for the doctors to do what the doctors do. And mm -hmm. you don't get rewarded for that in Tennessee. 
or reimbursed, I should say. Um, so physical therapy, I'm going to add, we're going to add PT over the next few years because the, the collaboration just works when you get the right PT. Uh, I'd like to add PA in the future. Everything's revolving though around why I should I have to send them out? If I'm already creating that experience they want, we hear every day, I just wish you wouldn't have to send me down the street to get this. I'm like, man, we got to get that in house. So that's where we're heading. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time, yeah. um, but we're, we're shooting for that. And cool. it's all about creating that value. One thing mm-hmm. I, I would add is don't be afraid to charge your worth. Um, we're in rural West Tennessee and I've, I've looked around, we charge more than anybody in West Tennessee for our mm-hmm. first day visit. It's astronomically different compared to what some are doing. And we're not, patients aren't saying no, they're saying, absolutely. They are, we've built that rapport with them and they are the respect and mm-hmm. they're paying now the value that we see fit of our number. And that was never before. I used to be like, Oh, they can't afford it. Let's go cheaper. And the people I used to say that about are writing a check up front yeah. for day. you know, and mm-hmm. we don't schedule them out, but two weeks at a time, just like everybody, and we reevaluate and don't do treatment plans to that extent, mm-hmm. but they're, they're signing up and committing. And when you pay money, you're usually going to be a better patient. And just mm-hmm. like coaching, mm-hmm. if you put that money forward, you're going to be more vested in the process. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I talked to some of my clients too, because they'll ask about raising the rates and stuff like that. And <clears throat> one of the things that I've noticed is um, we fail to realize the psychology of a cash paying patient is different than the psychology of a, an in-network patient, right? Absolutely. And so if, if I've made the decision to go to my chiropractor and I know I'm a cash patient, uh, I'm not expecting it to be $40, you know, like uh, I recently went to a dermatologist and I knew I was going to have to pay uh, out of pocket. And I was expecting a couple hundred dollars for that new patient evaluation and, and whatever the treatment was going to be. And, and that's what it was. And I wasn't shocked by it. And so when these cash paying patients are coming into your chiropractic practice and you're charging $90 for that visit, you know, that's way under than what they're probably expecting. And yeah, if, exactly. You know, and so, I mean, obviously sometimes there's a point of no return, uh, but the numbers are usually considerably higher than what you expect it to be. And you got to understand that that psychology of that patient is different than the Medicare patient who's expecting everything to be paid or the, yeah. you know, or the in-network Blue Cross patient who's expecting a $20 copay, whatever. Right. So you got to keep that in mind when you're setting your cash rates. Yeah, you can, you're, you're creating that value for them. Yeah. And once the patient sees that value, just like we talked about with Chick-fil-A, they're going to get more than the 240 or whatever the price is. They're going to get a much more better experience than that because mm-hmm. that's our commitment to them. And they have no problem paying it, you know, yeah. and then they go and tell people before they get out. We get more notifications on my phone almost every day now. Patients talking about I've never had that experience before. That was mm-hmm. so good. And it's not Krista and I or Shelly. Mm-hmm. It's our team. Yeah. That's where the powers come. We've learned how to train them better to create that experience where they do it and we don't have to worry about it now. That's awesome. I just want to finish up with one last question and just take a couple of minutes to go through it. But you, you mentioned that you now have a marketing uh, director or coordinator. Um, yeah. What are some of the things that she's doing for the practice from a marketing standpoint? Uh, one thing we changed real fast during COVID last year, if you remember that period, everybody does. Mm-hmm. It, everything was negative. You know, every, everything yeah. you saw on social media was negative. So Shelby started taking over then and she said, I'm just going to make everything positive. All she did was put positive things out. It had nothing to do with chiropractic, mm-hmm. you know, quotes or videos of us doing silly stuff. And all of a sudden things started changing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at our Facebook social media stuff, none of it even talks about chiropractic often. There's a lot of times either some kind of giveaway we're doing or some kind of give back or, Today, it's about, we did a gingerbread house competition yesterday with our team. So she Mm -hmm. posted this on there and the engagement's 
crazy. People are commenting and liking who they like. And all that's doing is continuing to put Southern chiropractic on their feed all the time. Um, And that's been one thing that I've learned is you don't always have to do all the chiropractic can fix blah, blah, blah. Nobody's Mm -hmm. reading those. Do fun Mm -hmm. things, short videos. We created Minute to Movement last year, Mm -hmm. which is where we do a one minute blurb on whatever we have in office. So it might be on shoulder uh, rotator cuff strain, simple mm-hmm. little thing, explaining to them. We email that out. We send it out. And it's a quick, easy thing. Yep. And patients love it. It's a quick uh, marketing tool. We have in-house, we love competitions. So we, we do com- competitions in-house with our team. And then from a marketing standpoint, she's going to get into the MD marketing. This is her first year to fully own all that. So she'll mm-hmm. be doing the drops at the offices, kind of like you talked about, yep. taking them things once a month and our best referring docs and things like that. But that's great. I yeah, think the like, key is it doesn't always have to be chiropractic driven. It can be fun and engaging and it yeah. drives your numbers up. One of the concept or one of the main points in the content marketing's epic content marketing book is they talk about be human, you know, and a lot of those things are just showing that you and your team are humans and having fun yeah, and, having, you know, like all that. And they, and they can relate to that a lot. So that's a great, yeah. great point. You um, go and look back at insight on our page, always the ones of us to start Our team is where you get all the engagement. Um, One little thing I'll I'll throw in here that we did last started this year. That's been exceptional for our team. I bring in local leaders once a month Mm -hmm. for our team meeting. So I'll bring, I brought in our County mayor, school superintendent, um, bank owner, people like that. And that's something all of you guys can do. It's free. Just make those networks, bring them in. But then you have somebody else coming in for free once a month at the start of our meeting, talking about community engagement, talking about faith, talking about priorities, whatever their topic is, but it's building rapport as your community. It yeah. lets these other businesses see, man, they're doing something different at Southern Chiropractic. Mm-hmm. But then also a lot of times they say the same things that you might say to your team. And it, it lifts you up a little bit too. You're like, oh shoot, Brock said that yesterday. <laughs> Mike runs a bank. He must be pretty smart. That's pretty good. So that's an easy little thing you can do starting January 1st, you know, throw that in there to your clinic meetings. So it's a good idea. Um, well, I know you're, you're, you're a giver and I, and I appreciate that. And so if any of our audience has any questions for you, is there any way they could reach out to you just to pick your brain on a couple things here and there? Yeah, man, I would love for that. Um, social media, Facebook is Brock Martin. I don't know my Twitter handles and such, even though I'm on there. Um, you can email me wbmartin12 at gmail or call me 731-234-9493. I'm open to all ears, man. My that's passion awesome. is helping young docs and just getting us all in. It elevates everybody, man. That's, that's what I try to tell everybody. If we continue to elevate our game, our profession gets better. And that's why we got to have chiropractors at every walk of life and politics and leadership, wherever it is, we got to be there. And, you know, I, I travel a lot of different States and speaking, and I get to know a lot of different people. And I think I mentioned this to you, but, uh, and I'm also good friends with Michael Massey, um, and Jason Holm. And I was like, I feel oh, like yeah. we got some, yeah, like Tennessee, you guys are putting out some, some really great docs that are doing more than just, uh, you know, staying in their four walls of their practice, getting out and helping people and, and being kind of tr- industry transformers. So you guys are doing something right up there in Tennessee. Yeah, man. That's where it's at. We got a great association. Um, as I said earlier, though, y'all, we got to get involved. I see you on those mm-hmm. Facebook pages all the time. They're like, oh, my board is terrible. Yeah. You do it, man. You yeah. you got to be the guy. Let's go do it. Mm-hmm. Let's elevate it. We got Mike Massey's done phenomenal. He, he yeah. kind of helped pave the way. Jason Holmes there. We got Jude Miller doing great things yeah, Jude, with Memphis. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> some amazing docs, but we also have a strong association because we have the right people mm-hmm. around there that 
and it's been years of working, but we're, we're getting there. We're, we're more forward thinking and advancing as a profession. Mm-hmm. And we've built relationships with legislators, which has been huge in Tennessee to get things done. Yeah. And they, they see us differently now. And you know, I think that's a testament to the docs that's come before us, but for our next generation to continue doing that. That's cool. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time today. This was very insightful for me and my audience and uh, hopefully people got a lot out of this. So I thank you for this. Hey man, this has been great. Again, reach out for questions. Obviously I didn't dive too much into all the details of how all of some of that works, but we can dive into it. We'll have a part um, two. Just, oh yeah, man. Just keep investing in yourself guys. Mm-hmm. That, that's the key. Perfect. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the modern chiropractic marketing show. Before you leave, make sure you check out our website. We've got blogs and podcasts and all kinds of great info at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. We also have a closed Facebook group of the same name where a lot of like-minded chiropractors are workshopping ideas and making sure that we have this continual advancement of marketing, business, mindset, and just growth of your practice. So check us out, modernchiropracticmarketing.com and the Facebook group of the same name.